Bonnie Bernstein, I'm so excited she's here at CMT. She's been a sportscaster I've admired for so many years. You've seen her on TV for years. And i got to say, I had no idea you had done so many interesting things until I dug into your life. You're much more than just a sportscaster. <laughs> I mean, None of which has been in music until now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except for like high school marching band. But. <laughs> well, your first job, you said, was at a country music radio station? Yeah, it was. Because I couldn't get a job. I mean, I... I knew from the time I was 12 or 13 years old, I wanted to be a writer for Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And then, you know, ultimately, um, I found a great journalism school and a good gymnastics school in yeah. Maryland. And when I went there, I took a broadcasting class. And that's when I really switched gears. And I was focused on doing sports. But when I was getting in, I mean, this yeah. was 26 years ago. And there still weren't a lot of women in the industry. And so I couldn't get a job in sports anywhere. Well, Radio, TV, none, nothing. Right? There I mean, weren't, I mean, well, there might have been some, but I wasn't getting them. A few. I mean, so, I mean, it was like a startup country radio station in Delaware, yeah. and I took it. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because, um, and maybe we can save this for the sure. year segment or whatever, but, um, or I can repeat it. But, like, the guy, so the program director was from, um, I want to say Nash, I can't remember, Nashville or Knoxville or right. somewhere in Tennessee. And at the time, like, there was just no country to be found in the Northeast. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, didn't really listen to a ton of music when I was in college, but like I was all about hip hop and disco and I loved Donna Summer and <laughs> Billy Joel and Journey. And so I remember one day he came into my little room and I was a news and sports director, but I was listening to my own music and he's like, dang, what are you listening to? And I'm like, this is music. What y'all got going on over there? <laughs> But then in a very gradual, organic way, I just started listening to the music yeah. and really started appreciating the storytelling mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. songwriting in this genre. And it's special. And it's it's even though the music itself has morphed and evolved, that that pride and attention paid to storytelling has remained intact. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've always appreciated about. It. And so when I started my company, I was like, I want to do something in music and sports mm -hmm. and there you go. And also on CMT, you can watch for Country on Campus, new feature we're doing, where you go to a college campus with a country music star. Yes. And relive the glory days of what was and yeah. really experience the whole college football scene again, right? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting because if you look at the audience demographic, there's a huge crossover between college football fans and country mm -hmm. music fans, particularly down in the South, but not just in the South. Uh, college football has a huge national base. It is continuing to become more multicultural. And so, too, has country music. It was born here in the South, but it truly has become a national genre. And so, you know, covering so much football, I realized you got all of these college football fans who were also country <laughs> music fans. Yeah. So let's show a different side of these artists. And I think country fans are some of the most diehard, loyal, dedicated fans. They want to soak up mm -hmm. every little nugget they can about their favorite artists. And artists, conversely, are constantly, and CMT is so awesome at providing a platform for artists, mm -hmm. but this is probably not something they talk about in abundance, their passion for college football. And when CMT last year gave me an opportunity to to test a couple pilot episodes, we talked to Toby Keith. And we all love Toby Keith, but he can be, you know, like a little bit on the curmudgeon y side. Yeah, he's and really, yeah. when he started talking about college football, Cody, and the fact that he coached his little guy, well, he's not a little guy anymore, Steelen, who's uh -huh. now in college, in Pop Warner football, he melted and his eyes lit up. And 
I, at that moment, I just watched him while I was doing the interview with one of his closest friends, the athletics director at University of Oklahoma, this guy, Joe Castiglione, family friend, and just something clicked. I said, we got something here. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when our pilots on Darius Rucker and Toby Keith aired, they were very well received. (laughs) And now it's become this series that is country on campus. Uh, Now, Darius uh, joined Lady Antebellum, as I recall. Yes. Because South Carolina versus Georgia, and Mm -hmm. I'm from South Carolina. That's right. You're a Gamecock. Gamecock. Yes. Uh Uh, That's a huge rivalry. Yes. Not nearly as big as Carolina versus Clemson, but nonetheless... That was a fun episode because there was obviously a little bit of a riff. And obviously, Georgia is doing so much better than South Carolina this yeah, year. Yeah, it's so, a rough but. season for the Gamecocks. Uh, they're trying. <laughs> and it's like every season for the Gamecocks, Bonnie. Yeah. I never feel like we're ever getting close. But maybe this new coach. Muschamp's a great guy. Muschamp so. is very well regarded. And the thing I always say, Cody, is that I know those diehard fan paces are super impatient. But... We don't need to get too much into the X's and O's in football, but every time a new Please head do. coach I've comes got a in, we're going to start drawing up plays. But the reality is, every time a new coach comes in, it's like a new CEO. Mm-hmm. A new CEO comes in, they want their own people. A new head coach comes in, and they not only want their own people in terms of coaches, but they also need to bring in athletes that fit their system, offensive system, defensive system, whatever side of the ball a head coach emphasizes, and that takes a couple of recruiting cycles. So, you know, I I remember down at Florida, we were down profiling Dustin Lynch, Mm -hmm. and Florida had just lost, no, 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 the week later, Florida had lost to Kentucky, and nobody had realized that Kentucky was going to battle for the SEC East, although... That's in a yes. And timeout. Yeah, I gotta tell you, like Dustin, <laughs> you blew his mind that day with that segment. Aww. He literally texted me afterwards, and we're pretty good pals. But um, he texted and said, "I just did the coolest segment ever with CMT." Oh, <laughs> because that's to go awesome. back. Thank you for sharing that in a place where he grew up, you know, adoring in Florida, sure. the Gators. To go back and like live that childhood sort of dream of being in that stadium, for him, it was just a mind-blowing experience. And I was a little pissed because I was like, oh, wait, what about all the segments we've done together, Dustin? <laughs> it, it's all about what have you done for me lately. I'm sure the next time you do a segment with Dustin, he'll text me and he'll be like, oh, my God, I just did the best CMT segment ever with Cody. Anyway, it was awesome. So well, uh, take us to that day again. That, well... You have to hear the story about how this piece all came together. I had done my research, and I've got a list of about 30 athletes, uh, 30 country artists who are passionate about college football and background and all this sort of stuff. I read that Dustin's dad, Chuck, had played for Florida during the Chris Collinsworth era. So if you know, you're know you diehard college football fans, remember Chris Collinsworth was a star um, receiver at Florida, blah, blah, blah. And Collinsworth and I were at Jade DeMarcus's Waiting for Wishes event here in Nashville in the spring. Chris was guest bartending. And I, and it, it's, you know, we put on aprons and we serve the patrons steak and lobster. And Chris is guest bartending. It's so loud. And I walked behind the bar and I was like, hey, I've been doing this research. I'm working on this thing. And I heard that you're friends with Dustin Lynch's dad. You play football with him. Cody, in the middle of this, crazy loud fundraiser he picks up his cell phone and he calls chuck lynch and he's like chuck chris here my friend bonnie bernstein is behind the bar with me and she wants to talk to you here and he hands me the phone and i'm like uh 
hey, Mr. Lynch, how are you? And we wind up talking a week later. He loved the idea so much of helping create Dustin's first ever trip to the swamp. He gave me Dustin's cell phone number. Apparently, he trusted me, and I'm not going to ever post your number, Dustin, so you're good. So we wind up getting on the phone, and he tells me that his grandparents grew up in Gainesville, and he loves Steve Spurrier, and he loves Tim Tebow, but for whatever reason, he's never been to a game. I have all of these contacts at Florida from, you know, being in the sports business. I'm like, well, we got we to gotta make this happen. And, and sure enough, I called in all these favors. Timmy Tebow did a video welcoming Dustin to the swamp. We arranged for Steve Spurrier to come up to him on the field. Oh and gosh. he was so surprised. Like yeah. the look on his face when Steve Spurrier tapped him on the shoulder on the field, I, was, I almost cried. It made me so happy <laughs> that I could help create this wonderful experience for him. And he was so gracious and his team is awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I'm probably more happy than he is, but I'm glad to hear that he's happy. <laughs> yeah, he loved it. He was <laughs> over the moon about it. So, has that been your favorite segment you've done in the uh, on <sighs> Campus features? I it's hard to. Well, I will say yes, only because our team was able to create something really special for Dustin when we did Darius and Lady A. Mm-hmm. What was cool about it is that. You know, you mentioned they were touring together. It just so happened that their two teams were playing each other. And Charles and Dave and Darius are all diehard. And their crew like decorated <laughs> the, the mess hall area, the cafeteria area. And they tailgated. And Darius was all up in Charles' face. And then his team started getting their asses kicked. <laughs> and then he and his son Jack became really quiet. But, you know, that's – there wasn't – anything really new or or special about that so going back for a second to your early start in sports as a sportscaster and the fact there were no really no prominent women at least doing that yeah leslie visser uh gail gardner there were a few few. but not nearly as many as there are today yeah it's almost um, and I'm, I'm guessing here it seems commonplace now to always see a female sportscaster as part of the team for any game. Yeah, you see them in the field mostly as sideline reporters. There are a couple of women who are starting to do play-by-play, which is really encouraging. Um, I know so many women who are extraordinarily intelligent, very well-researched, really passionate about football, know their stuff. And it's nice to see them breaking out of what traditionally has been that role where you always expect to see a woman. Mm -hmm. I would love for us to get to a point, and we'll get there eventually, where nobody thinks twice about hearing a woman calling play-by-play. I think it's still a little jarring to the ear for many. But as more and more women are getting opportunities, hopefully this next young generation of fans will grow up not thinking twice about it, which would be really cool. But for you at that moment, knowing there were really only a few sportscasters uh, who are female, what was that like? Did you think I I'm I can break through? There's a there's a wall here that needs to be broken down. What was your motivation? Was it I love sports so much? This is my passion. I'm just going to go for it, no matter the walls. Yeah, um, I didn't think so much about breaking through proverbial glass ceilings mm-hmm. per se. I was a diehard sports fan growing up. My mom, equally as much as my father, watched sports. We were big baseball fans. I grew up in New Jersey, so it was the Mets and the Giants, and the Knicks were always terrible. Um, <laughs> but I, I had this seminal moment when my 
when my parents took us to a Mets game, and I had a chance to go in the press box and watch the Mets take batting practice. And I just thought it was the coolest thing that there are all these people reporting on the game. And I decided when I was 12 or 13 that I wanted to write for Sports Illustrated. And I never really thought, wow, there aren't a lot of women. That was the reality. But I was so centrally focused on doing what I wanted to do from the time, even prior to high school, that the fact that there were barriers and obstacles was never something that phased me. I am I just knew that I would work as hard as I could, and that will take me as as far as the good Lord will let it. And I was fortunate to, you know, work at a couple local jobs, first at a startup country radio station in Delaware, at a teeny tiny TV station in Maryland, at a NBC affiliate in Reno, Nevada, and then ESPN hired me when I was 24. And I always count my blessings, but I really felt like the hard work was paying off. What I didn't realize was that when you're fortunate enough, and I think a lot of folks who are successful when they're young, they they realize this in the aftermath. There's no substitute for life experience. And I didn't have the life experience when I was in my early 20s working at ESPN to know how to really... Um, embrace that opportunity. And that's something that I've really had to grow into. And all the while, we're seeing more and more women getting opportunities. But I never have thought of myself as a woman breaking down barriers. I always view myself as somebody who covers sports. And it's really not necessarily gender specific. Right. Which brings us to women in country music, which yeah. is a huge passion of mine and all of us here at CMT is to support women who are talented and as much as we can to look for opportunities to support uh, women in country music. So you're doing a piece on Sarah Evans next. Yeah. And her husband, Jay Barker, who obviously has a sports, he's a sportscaster himself now. Yep. Played at Alabama. Alabama. He was captain of the 1992 national championship team. That was Alabama's first title since the Bear Bryant era. Uh, the great Gene Stallings was, was the coach at the time. So what's really exciting is that I get to talk to Sarah as a female football fan. A lot of folks don't realize that the college football fan base and the NFL fan base is almost 50-50. People don't realize how many women love football. And Sarah's not just a football fan because she's married to a former Alabama quarterback. She was a football fan growing up in mid-Missouri. She was a diehard Mizzou fan. And now she sort of has these split allegiances. And it just so happens that Mizzou and Alabama are both in the SEC now. So there have been times she sang the national anthem several years ago at a Mizzou-Alabama game. And she's like, I got to be really careful. I don't want to piss off anyone in either fan base. And, and she takes it really lightheartedly. But, you know, I look forward to being able to talk to Sarah about her football fandom. But I also look at her as, you know, in that group of women, Shania, Reba, Miranda, who, you know, all really have been staples in this genre. Um, and, and she's still getting it done in 2018. Who else is on your list to do interviews with in country music? Oh, my who, gosh. Who are you so targeting awesome. right now? We were super close to getting uh, Jay DeMarcus and Gary DeVox and Rascal Flatts. I am dying. And they've got Ohio State. So they grew up yeah. in Columbus. Right. Ohio State-Michigan is one of the great college football rivalries. And I said to Jay when I saw him at the um, at the Waiting for Witches fundraiser, I'm like, I want to do Ohio State-Michigan through the <laughs> eyes of Rascal Flatts. It sounds awesome in my head, but there, <laughs> there are a lot of logistics. Um, 
Lee Bryce was interestingly enough a long snapper at Clemson, um, and he wrote a song for the Clemson football team. So he's on my list. But I also want to get out of the SEC and the ACC. So um, Chris Young, even though he grew up in Tennessee, is a big Texas fan. Brett Young is he's a Southern California guy, and I can't remember if he's USC or UCLA. Um, Brad Paisley, West Virginia, is having an awesome football season this year. We had, gosh, there's the list goes on and on and on. You know, Kenny, everybody knows Kenny Chesney's a, a huge Tennessee fan. Um, so they're just, Russell Dickerson is too, one of the yeah. emerging artists right now. So I, I could talk to you for 15 minutes about all the, <laughs> the folks I want to get. There's, a, there's no shortage of them out there. What's the toughest interview you've ever done? So I would say one of the tougher interviews was Dennis Rodman in his heyday with the Chicago Bulls. He's an interesting cat, but he's like all over the place. So you ask him one question and he'll go in 16 different other directions. Bill Belichick is always fun, an absolute genius of a football mind, but is not terribly fond of the media. So um, when I would work at CBS and we would do Patriots games and we had to do the loathsome halftime interview, he would never do it on camera. Um, But you would wait outside the locker room for a few words that came out as one long slur of a mumble. So those are always interesting. But, you know, by and large, Cody... And I know you can appreciate this. I love interviewing people. Mm-hmm. I love hearing stories. I love telling stories. And so even the tough interviews are a fun challenge for me. And I just try as best as I can to be really prepared. And my goal, and I, I think it's sort of the the challenge of replacing the adrenaline rush of competition because I did college gymnastics. I get my adrenaline rush from getting a little nugget from an interview subject and anecdote that they've never shared that even the most diehard fan will listen to it and like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> and and that's when I do my little victory dance and I get my <laughs> adrenaline rush. Well, listen, thank you for coming by. Bonnie Bernstein, you can follow her at Bonnie Bernstein and also at bodybernstein.com. You do motivational speaking and all kinds of stuff, your own production company now, and, of course, sports stuff and interviews. Thank you again, and my best in the new year. Will do. And we'll be watching for you in Hot 20 Countdown. Thank you.